Welcome to the Dream Big Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Henderson, author of the Dream Big Girl Devotional. We're going to take my 40-day devotional one day at a time each week and dive deeper into each day's challenges and talking points. So join me as we begin to dream those big, audacious dreams again together. Are you ready to dream again? Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined me today. We are following along in my 40-day devotional, uh, Dream Big Girl, and we are on day 18, so almost halfway through. And I want to start with today's scripture because it's one of my absolute favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And it's um, Psalm 139. We're just going to talk about verse four today. It says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. And it goes on. And I wished I could have expounded more on that in the devotional. And that's really why I wanted to do the podcast because I had so much more to say about so many of these subjects. But Psalm 139, in fact, I just uh, preached from it uh, in our local church here in San Diego just a, a few weeks ago before this recording. And I absolutely love that psalm. And it basically talks about uh, he knows every word that we're going to say before a sentence is, is even put together. He knit us together in our mother's womb. There's such a deep understanding of the intimacy that God uh, has with us and wants for us so badly. And I think he uses so many different ways to draw us to him so that he could show us that love and that intimacy. And I love the idea that before we ever have a need, he's already made a way. And so I know for those of you who are looking at the, uh, not only the devotional title, but the title on the podcast, like lettuce and tomatoes. Are we talking about health, Mary? Are we making a salad today? No, <laughs> we'll do that later. But there's this incredible story that I, I want to uh, share with you. And I thought we just, I kind of did it at the end of the devotional, but I want to just start off with it today. Uh, and then we can talk some more about what that meant. I had um, had this incredible pastor and and his and his wife uh, take over our congregation in New Orleans. Uh, at I can't remember how old I was, but you know we we had a, a quite a bit of a difference in in age, but we were instant friends instant friends. In fact, she and her husband had been the uh, overseers for the church in um, the sister island to my island um, in Utila. In fact, their very first missionary, they were missionaries at heart, uh, Juanita and Lamar were, uh, their very first, um, I guess you could say, uh, their very first post as missionaries was to this tiny island off the coast of Honduras, which is the sister island in, um, in Rutan. And so talk about culture shock. They were from Alabama and moved to this tiny island, became missionaries. The Lord took them all over the world to Russia and Panama. They were in so many areas. And 
Lamar and Juanita became our pastors in our little church in New Orleans, in the New Orleans area, and many years ago. And we became fast friends, uh, the four of us. <laughs> it was so funny, Lamar would say, all right, it's Sunday night after Sunday night service, who's having me over? And uh, for whatever reason, it always ended up where Bun and I were like, well, if no one else wants, you know, we didn't want to hog them because we were always with them. We spent quite a bit of time together, just come. And so he finally just stopped asking, which was so hilarious. And he knew we were going to all end up together at our house Sunday night. And we'd make pancakes for dinner and bacon. And Lamar would take his shoes off as he did from the very first time that he met us, made himself at home. And Juanita and I would dream about the things that we wanted to do. And she had she had so many dreams in her heart. She really inspired me because it was some of it really had nothing to do with ministry. She just had this heart to do um, all of these incredible things. I remember her telling me about a ring that she wanted to uh, design and create. Uh, she just was so creative. She taught at our school. They they just were this incredible incredible couple and um, the Lord called both of them home uh, at uh, you know over the years and so that friendship uh, whew, big big hole that was left there when uh, when that happened but and I love them so very dearly but one of the most impactful stories one of many that um, Juanita shared with me is what she called lettuce and tomato the lettuce and tomato story and it was actually on Rotan, this little tiny island, like I said, near where I was born, off the coast of Honduras. And uh, it's so interesting. Now things are so much different. I mean, this was way back in like, you know, the 70s. Um, didn't have produce all that much. We had an abundance of, of fruit, but not a whole lot of produce. And so she was used to having you know, when she would make a sandwich, lettuce and tomatoes, and she could never find them. And so the story goes that uh, one day she was talking with uh, a friend and in her home, <clears throat> in Juanita's home there, and they were just talking about life and ministry and things that were going on in their families and, you know, really just... Um, catching up basically and so she had thought that day uh if I remember the story right that morning she said I really wish that I had some fresh lettuce and some ripe tomatoes for for my sandwich today for lunch and she thought it and never thought anything more about it so she and her friend were talking in the kitchen you know catching up and in through the back door came her neighbor with a brown bag and she said, Juanita, I was on the mainland and I saw this. I don't know why, but I thought of you. It was yesterday, but it's still fresh. And um, I just thought that you might like this. It's something that we don't get here very often. She opened the bag and you know the story. If you've read the devotional or, or you could figure it out, out rolled, you know, this perfect green, fresh head of lettuce and a couple of fresh, beautiful, ripe tomatoes. And Juanita said she she never forgot that because before she even asked for it, 
her friend, her neighbor had already picked it up. It was already with her and coming back with her the next day. And something as simple as lettuce and tomatoes on a sandwich was important enough to God because it was important enough to Juanita. And I, I've never forgotten that. And so what I talked about uh, in the beginning of the devotional um, of this particular subject was the subject of waiting, you know, and, and understanding in our waiting that God is, uh, you know, the absence of, of something happening in your life doesn't mean that God is absent, you know, or, or in the presence of uh, challenging times doesn't signify that God is absent so much that it, it, nothing could be further from the truth. And so I, I gave this story from my life as being a, a fifth grader in Brooklyn in this Catholic school that we went to. All of my friends went to it. And what I loved about Brooklyn is there was, I, I met every culture, every denomination, you know, every race. I, I loved it. It was such an incredible melting pot, as they call it. And so I had friends from all over the world that, that lived in the area and went to school with me. And the teacher gave uh, an assignment uh, for, I can't remember what it was about, but it had something to, to do with uh, a vocation. And we were to do research. And so this was long before internet. <laughs> you know, this was long before the internet. And we would have to walk everywhere. We didn't have a car in Brooklyn ever. I mean, we never did. My dad had to learn how to drive in his late thirties or, or early forties when he, when we moved to new Orleans. And so we walked everywhere. The public library in Manhattan is a place that I wish I could be buried. I mean, it is gorgeous inside and out, but it took subway trips to get there. But I remember that one of my friends, her dad, uh, actually was whatever vocation it was that I was interested in writing about. And so because I am Mary and I plan and I have a to-do list, I mean, we're talking about 10 years old here, guys. And uh, before the end of the day, I had made a plan with this friend to come to her house and kind of interview her dad. And it was so funny because the teacher overheard that conversation and just, you know, praised me up in front of the class and down this is what initiative looks like and this is mary is such a go-getter and everyone's rolling their eyes like oh my gosh you know whatever and i am i was so embarrassed and i didn't understand what a big why she was making a big deal about it because in my mind it just kind of made sense and i realized pretty early on that's how i was wired but you know, um, someone said that your gifts have a shadow side. <laughs> I was just uh, talking to someone about that recently. Well, my gift of wanting to be organized and to, um, to pursue things with passion, you know, 100% and to accomplish those things and to, you know, dive deep into them and all of this kind of stuff. The shadow side to that is I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting at all. It's like slow talkers, slow walkers. I just want to smack them and get them out of the way. Come on, 
you know, figure out where you're going, do what you got to do and get out of the way. I am a type A personality. I, I, you know, I, I want to accomplish whatever I set out to. That has changed over time. And it's really was why I wrote the book because there was these big, huge uh, seasons in my life where even though I was that kind of go-getter and, and dreamer, I'd lost my way so many times because life just got in the way or pain and, and challenges and, and so forth. And so I had the ability to dream these crazy dreams and to actually make them come to pass and then I'd have these seasons where it's like, what are you talking about, Mary? You can't do that. And so there was this shadow side of, of these giftings, but I don't like waiting. I mean, I don't think I've ever met anyone who would readily say, oh, I love waiting. I love when there's a long line, you know, in Target to, to, to in the self-checkout, because that's where I go, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, no, I don't know anyone that loves waiting. But there are people who just tend to occupy themselves during a waiting season and it's they don't make it as bad as I make mine. It's like, I want it now. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. I've done A and A plus B equals C and why is this not working out and why won't B come so that I can get to the C and Oh, I, I just, I would make myself absolutely insane because I hated to wait. And, you know, when I think about that story uh, of, of this crazy 10-year-old, I've realized that that is just how I was wired. And understanding in my spiritual life, oh, even worse. I mean, when I knew that God wanted to do something in my life or I felt a gifting, you know, towards something, I didn't want to wait to use it. I didn't want to wait to learn all the things. I wanted to just jump in with two feet or head first or whichever way I was going to jump, but jump without preparing. And it brings me back to two really important lessons that I learned through reading the word. And I talk about it in the devotional and I, I, I pose it as a question how could the Israelites trust God in the promised land if they hadn't seen him move the seas while being chased by their mortal enemies? And it's so important. Those times that are coming, whether it be ministry or family or a job or, you know, uh, a calling, what, whatever that is that you're feeling like you're working towards, how will you walk through that one with humility, you know, with wisdom, um, with understanding, how will you trust God in those seasons where challenges are just waiting to come? They're just waiting there unless we have walked through those really dark and challenging times that God has come through for us. The Israelites had this incredible thing that I'm sure I'll talk about it again on the podcast because it means so much to me, just naturally comes out when I'm talking about certain subjects and especially about this. Whenever there was a victory, whenever there was something uh, wonderful that happened as, you know, huge as 
you know, crossing the Red Sea, him literally parting the Red Sea and them walking on dry land, they would leave rocks and it was significant to them to leave 12, one for all of the tribes of Israel. And it served as a reminder to the generations to come, you know, a child or a grandchild or a great grandchild would say, what is that about? What is, what, what does that mean? And that's a, a memorial marker is what our first pastor would call it, you know, to remind us of what God has already done. I talked about it a few weeks ago about writing in your journal, those times when God answers prayer, those times when you listen and wait for him to speak and, and you feel it, you hear it, whether it's in a song or a sermon or a verse in the Bible, and you write those things. And when you go to the promised land, when you get that job, when you get that promotion, when you get that family, when you get that calling and you're walking in it and you hit that very first time of opposition or or challenge or you know not knowing which direction to go in it's those memorial markers that you can come back to and say okay God's brought me through this before I'm not alone I know that I'm going to make it and I've walked through those seasons so many times in my life Another one would be, how would Joseph know that God could be trusted when he became second in command in Egypt, putting him in a position that saved his nation and the nation of Egypt if he hadn't had to trust him after being thrown in jail not once but twice? Before we can meet those mountaintop expectations, before we can see those dreams come true before we can get there. Understand that the waiting times leading up to that is pure gold. It's where we learn who we are. It's where we learn our strengths and find out our weaknesses. It's where we can learn to trust God before those times get really, really tough. You know, before, before I could be a, a writer, a published author before that dream could come true. I had to know that in my darkest hour, God was going to be with me. And when before I could start ministering the things that I wanted to do and still want to do on my, on my little island of Utila, I had to know that when I needed him most, he was going to show up. And I think that's such an important thing for us to realize is in that waiting, we not only find out who we are, we find out who God is. We find out what, his, what it means that he is our mighty God, what it means that he knows our words before we speak it, that he knit us together in, in our mother's womb. We understand that kind of intimacy. And I've heard all of my life, this is something that I wrote in the devotional, you know, talking about waiting periods. I have, I have had God in the center of my life, made that life-changing decision when I was 16 years old. So for almost 40 years, I had walked with God. And yes, I have seen him move mountains for me in the, in the realm of finances over and over and over again. But I always heard these stories 
of people and preachers and evangelists talking about, you know, just when I didn't think there was going to be food on the table for my family, a check came in the mail. And I remember telling God, it's like, where's my check? <laughs> Where, where's my miracle in the mailbox? Never in almost 39 years had I ever experienced that. But when we sold everything and moved to San Diego and said, God, we want to do, it's time. We know that you have prepared the way and it's time for us to trust you. We were basically like missionaries. We lived off of a small amount that we were being given from the restaurant, which would shock some of you what we lived off of after owning four restaurants going to something like this from a huge house to living in two rooms. I'm, I'm talking about sacrifice. And it's not to put us on a pedestal. It's just where we were. We were ready for that. When we prepared our heart for that big dream, we needed God to come through over and over again. And guess what? Over and over again, when I didn't know how we were going to make it through a certain season, guess what? Yeah, there was a check in the mailbox, an unexpected check from somewhere. And I saw him do it multiple times. Why do I say all this? If you are in that waiting season right now, where you know the big dream, you know the plans, you know what it is that you're working towards, but you feel stuck where you are and you're agitated and you're feeling like, God, I don't want to wait any longer. Understand that it is preparation. It is preparation for that because when, and I don't mean if, I am saying when those challenging times come in the middle of that dream, you're not going to be lost and floundering because you have seen God in the waiting times, in the waiting period, in that time when you wanted everything to move, but it was just waiting and waiting and waiting, a waiting season. You saw him come through for you over and over again. It's going to give you the strength to hit those valleys when they come while you're walking out that dream and know you're going to be okay. God has already made a way. Before you even thought about a lettuce and tomato sandwich, God was already preparing a way to get it to you. I hope this has blessed you today. And I would just declare over you today, when I trust God with everything that I am, all that I have, and all that I want to accomplish, he can do the impossible. He is already meeting a need I will have days and years from now. Hold on to that truth, dreamers. Know that in the waiting season, it is preparation for what is to come. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I hope that you have been inspired, that you feel challenged and blessed. If you'd like to know any more information about my devotional or check out my blog, go to my website at www.dreambiggirl.co. Keep dreaming.